When Jesus told this parable about the master of the household going away on a journey, leaving his servants in charge of the household while he was gone, telling them to keep awake and to be ready for his return, Jesus was talking about how his disciples were to live once he was crucified as they waited for him to come again at the end of all time and restore all of creation. Rather than try to tease out each drop of meaning from each specific detail of this parable, I thought I would expand on the parable, see where it leads in order to develop Jesus' point in telling this parable. And I call this a tale of two households. There was a master of a large household, almost like a small kingdom, with herds of cows, flocks of sheep, chickens, a vast productive farm. And the members of the master's household, servants and family alike, worked together to keep all of the household going. All who could work, worked hard. And those who could not, were cared for by the rest. And even they, those who could not work, cared for others through their nurture, their storytelling, their kindness and compassion. The household had an abundance of what was needed. And they shared what they had with other nearby households, which from time to time would need something. And they gave without asking anything in return. Far away, there was also another household which lived in a land that from time to time had droughts. And they would send from their household to see the masters, seek the master's help. And help was given without grumbling, but gladly and freely out of goodwill and love. And then one day the master told his household that he would be going away for a while. And he told them to continue on as they had been when he was there, to care for each other, to provide for others out of their abundance. Keep awake, he said. And for a time they did so. But then weeks turned into seasons and seasons turned into years and they began to fall asleep. Some remained dutiful in their tasks, while others didn't see the point, with the master no longer around. They thought they weren't going to receive their just reward or that the land and property should be theirs since they were the ones working it now. Some stopped working altogether. Others began to elevate themselves above everyone else, claiming to be in charge and forcing others to work for them. Still others wanted to keep a remembrance of the master, and they built a shrine to him. And they didn't really follow in his ways, but they lit candles and prayed for his safe return. And then, of course, they felt the shrine needed to be kept up with, and so they enlisted some of those who had stopped working to help with the upkeep of the shrine. And others found hope in the shrine and prayers, so they brought food and other necessities for the workers so that they could keep up their good work. And the household was no longer than a place of abundance. But they still thought of themselves as such. And they remembered when others would come and receive from their abundance. So those who had taken charge sent out people to the other nearby households to demand from them portions of what they had. And eventually the emissaries from the master's household began working as overseers in these other households. Taking more than they needed from them keeping some for their own enrichment and sending back to the master's household even more. And the master's household became plentiful again, taking from others to feed itself. 
And then the far away household had another drought. And they sent people to seek aid. And the master's household was no longer generous. So rather than give without any questions, they sent another emissary to see this drought for themselves. And when they arrived, they started working with the household to get better irrigation for the drought so that it wouldn't affect them as badly. And it worked. And being such a good benefactor, the emissary took a large portion of what they produced for himself and his master's household. And after many years, the distant, house, the distant household was very productive, but the condition of the people there was even worse than it had been before. Still, the members of the master's household saw themselves as good and kind and benevolent overseers, bringing prosperity to all. They even erected shrines to the master in other households, the heads of those houses having long been replaced with the emissaries from the master's household. And the master's household continued to grow and to flourish and continued to call themselves a city on a hill. There were a few who stayed awake, who kept in the master's ways and remained generous, encouraging others and sharing what they had. But they were largely not listened to or seen as troublemakers or viewed and admired by some from afar. And then the master returned. And he neither recognized his household nor almost anyone in it. Those who kept the shrine thought surely they would be he would be grateful to them. But instead, he asked them why they hadn't been working at the jobs he had given them. Or why they hadn't taken what was given to them and use it to help those who were in need. And the master rejected all of them from his household, save those few who had stayed awake and kept in his ways. And he invited those from the other households to come and be with him instead. Now, I don't have any direct cognate between these two households, the old household and the new household and the story that I told I don't believe that it's Judaism versus Christianity or some Christians versus other Christians or even America versus any other nation. There is truth in this story, which is told. And this happens over and over again. There is good news in this story, and there's also warning in this story. This story is about how we live in this world and the warning is not that those who were who had fallen asleep were rejected by the master. That's not the warning. That's the obvious truth, the consequence of living inhumanely. The warning is about the horrors of what happens and what we do to one another when we fall asleep. When we fall asleep, we begin thinking about ourselves without also thinking about others. When we fall asleep, we worry and we fear and we look on others with suspicion. When we fall asleep, we become less generous, more self-important, and we can't even see, we can even see ourselves as better than others. Think of conquest and death and destruction in the name of bringing Jesus to other people. Think of looking down on others for their mistakes or looking down on others for their lifestyles without compassion 
without looking deeply to see the human being doing their very best in this world, mistakes and all. When we fall asleep, we tend to assume that we're still awake, while also assuming with contempt that others have fallen asleep. When we fall asleep, we tend to see ourselves as benevolent benefactors through our charity and good works, while failing to see that some of our own actions contribute to the need for our charity in the first place. When we fall asleep, we tend to view God as one who is pleased by our religion and our observance of religious rituals, rather than one who first and foremost wants to live well towards each other and towards ourselves. And that our religion is merely a tool to help heal our hearts so that we can live lovingly towards ourselves and others. When we fall asleep, we end up fighting with each other over the minutiae of our religion. Claiming that there are in-groups and there are out-groups in our religion. Becoming obsessed with doing everything in just the right way because we want to please God. Rather than remembering that Jesus ate with sinners and told his disciples to share a meal together and to remember him when he did so. The warning of Jesus' story is what happens to us and the harm we do when we fall asleep and become the household of slumber. The good news of Jesus' story is the first household, the true city on a hill, the household of those who are awake. The good news is the generosity and love that we share when we are awake. The good news is how we treat each other immediately following a hurricane and a flood. The good news is when we value people more than things. When we outvalue others' well-being over our own security. The good news is that Jesus cares about people more than religion and he desires for us to do the same. The good news is also that Jesus knows we'll mess up and he's already forgiven us so that we are free to love others and to live out his household, his kingdom, not out of fear, but purely out of love for others. Finally, the good news is that Jesus does not only return in the clouds at the end of all time, but Jesus returns daily in the face of of anyone and everyone around around us calling us continually to wake up. Wake, arise, my fair one. Cast off the ways of the household of slumber and live again in the household of those who are awake. <laughs>